Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Bridge. My name is Scott Rambo, and I'm the lead pastor of The Bridge. And uh, if you're new, uh, The Bridge is actually one church that meets in two locations. We have a Sugarland campus, and that's where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, and a little over six years ago, we started this campus here, uh, and Kenny Dean is the campus pastor. And, uh, you know, uh, I just want to take a minute just to say something. I, I really am um, incredibly proud of all that God is doing through you and in you here at the Regal Campus. And, you know, we started this campus a little over six years ago. I really did believe that uh, you guys were going to do great things, that God was going to use you in phenomenal ways. And primarily, I believe that because I knew Kenny. And uh, Ken Kenny and I have known each other most of our lives because we grew up about a, a mile and a half apart from each other. And Kenny likes to say that, that uh, we know enough about each other to blackmail each other if we need to. And he's probably right about that. Um, but but I, I've known him for a long time. And um, he is an incredible leader, uh, a phenomenal communicator, and, uh, and just has an enthusiasm that's contagious. And so... I just absolutely believe that, that uh, God was going to do some great things through you, and, and he sure has. And so I've never been more proud of a person or a group of people than I am of Kenny and you guys. So thank you for all that you're doing. And, and if this is your first time to, to visit with us, uh, come back next week. Kenny will be here. Um, so, uh, and you'll, you'll love hearing him. Um, we started a series last week, a two-week series called Ghost Stories. And since this is kind of the time of year where... Uh, people are talking about ghosts and goblins and trying to scare people and not being successful at it many times. Um, we thought we would do a series about really the most famous ghost that has ever existed. And it's the ghost that we find in the Bible called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is really not about trying to scare you. And as opposed to some of the ghosts that we make up, he's real. And so we started this series last week, and we're going to continue it on today. And I've got a couple of questions. The first question is this. Do you ever wonder if you have enough in you to handle everything that comes at you? <laughs> Someone does. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but do you ever wonder that? You know, man, I, and we have kind of a limited mindset sometimes. Where we're like, man, I've got limited Time. I've got limited uh, resources, limited bandwidth, you know, and so we have all these things coming at us constantly. We have pressures at work. We have struggles at home. We have, you know, our church life that we're involved in. All these things are a part of our life. And maybe periodically we think, I don't know if I've got enough in me to handle all of this stuff that's coming at me. But what if... All of those things were already in you now. And maybe you just didn't know it or you haven't realized it before. How would that change your life? Here's a second question. What would, what would you change if you believed God had already given you all that you need? How would your life be different this week? If you believe that, that everything you need in life, that God had already placed that in you. How would it change your life? How would it change the way you live? You know, when you open up the pages of, of the Bible, especially the pages of the New Testament, you see God doing the unthinkable. Um, God had a plan for the redemption of humanity. And that plan included 
him coming into the world in the flesh. So, so it's the first time, it's really what sets Christianity apart, that, that the God of Christianity would come into, break through time and space continuum, come into this world to live with us. And Jesus, God's son, came into this world. He lived for 33 years, something like that, walked with us. And part of that was to come and to die for our, our sins. But the other part was to live in such a way that we would understand really who God is. Because Jesus was God in the flesh. And as we look at his life, we get a better idea of what God's like, what he thinks, how he acts, what he values. And we begin to understand a little bit more that God really desires to have a relationship that he's with us and that we sense his presence. So God had a plan for the redemption of humanity. And Jesus came to carry out the plan. And Jesus came in obedience and was willing to carry out that plan that he had. And, and last week, we talked about a little conversation that was happening that Jesus was having with his disciples. And it was found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And Jesus is trying to prepare them for the fact that he's going to die. He's going to be crucified. He will be resurrected. But then he's going to ascend to heaven. So he's letting them know, listen, you've got me for a little bit longer, but then I'm going to be gone. I'm no longer going to be with you. But I still want you to carry out the mission and accomplish all the things that I've called you to accomplish. I I'm not going to be here, but I still want you to accomplish all those things. Now, do you think they wondered if they had enough in them to handle what was about to come at them? Well, I guarantee you they wondered that because right after Jesus was crucified, they found themselves in a room huddled together, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by the question, do we have what it takes? And so in this conversation, Jesus begins to help them understand that though he's not going to be with them, something better is coming. And here's what he says in John chapter 14, starting in verse 16, he says, He's telling them, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. We learned last week that this, that word another, it means of the same essence, the same kind. There's not a difference in the two. And so Jesus is God in the flesh. So Jesus and the Father are the same. And he's saying, another is coming that's going to be the same as me. Not going to be any difference. And he says it's another advocate. And that word advocate, it's a legal term. And it's, it's really, uh, it means one who works or somebody that works on another person's behalf. Um, so he's, he's telling them, he's like, listen, I have been here as your advocate. And as your advocate, I'm going to die for you so that I can remove the sin from your life, that I can remove the guilt and the shame that you feel. So I've been here as your advocate, but there's another one coming. And he's going to be the same as me. And he's going to be an advocate that will never, ever leave. Like I'm getting ready to leave, but he will never, ever leave. And he, he begins to clear this up a little bit in the very next verse. He says this, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He said, you know him, you've sensed his presence before, and, and we read in the pages of scripture, like in the Old Testament, 
that, that, the, that God's spirit could be felt at different times. God's spirit at different times would empower people to accomplish something. Or, or they would sense his presence and then his presence would be gone. Or they would go to the temple and sense God's presence there, the, the spirit's presence there. But he says, so you kind of know about him and, and you've been with me. So if you've been with me, you know about him as well. But he's not just going to come and be with you and be in your presence and be around. He's going to actually come and God is getting ready. To, he, Jesus tell him, listen, if you thought God was doing the unthinkable by me coming into this world, God coming in the flesh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because God's spirit is now going to come. And for the first time in history, God is going to place all of who he is into you. God's spirit is going to come and live in you. It is the first time anything like this has ever happened. And not only does Christianity get set apart because Jesus, God's son, came into the world and was willing to die. There's never been any other religion that says their God is willing to die on behalf of the people. But Jesus did that. And now there's another thing that set Christianity apart. That God's spirit is now going to come and be placed in people. Not around them, but in them. He keeps going in verse, 20, uh, verse 18 and 19. He says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I, I know you're concerned about that because I'm getting ready to leave. And you're thinking, what are we going to do? You're not going to be here any longer. He's like, I'm not abandoning you like an orphan. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be here, okay? I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. He's like, Here's what's going to happen. I've told you about this. It's going to happen. I'm telling you about it again. I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to be raised back to life. And you will see me, but then I'm going to ascend to heaven. But not everybody's going to see me, but you guys will see me. And the fact that I've been raised back to life is the assurance that you too will live even though you die. Now, he's talking about eternal life, but he's not just talking about after we die. Because the reality is everybody lives somewhere for eternity. We all live somewhere for eternity. We were created for eternity. So we all live somewhere for eternity. He's not just talking about that. He's saying there is a quality or a state of life that's coming that you've never experienced before. And this quality of life, this eternal life, this abundant life, you will be able to experience because God's spirit will live inside of you. And this is what he says in verse 20. He says, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. So he's basically saying, as you've watched me, you've seen the father because I and the father are one. Now you will be with me in the same way. Just like you've seen that I and the father are one, you and I will be one. Why? Because my spirit will live in you. First time in history, God had a plan. Jesus came to carry out the plan. And the scripture is really clear that the Holy Spirit came to seal the deal. The Holy Spirit came as a seal, letting us know, be assured of what has happened. Here's the way the Apostle Paul talked about it in the book of Ephesians. He said this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we, heard, we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us, 
for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. The signet from God is the first installment of what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. He said the Spirit of God is going to come and live in you. So what he's talking about, he said everyone who has received Christ. So, so, so everyone who has said yes, that I need a Savior. I, I need Jesus. I need what he did on the cross. I need his payment for my life, for my sin. I'm placing all of my trust in Christ for my salvation. Those of us who have said that, who have said yes to God in that way and receiving Christ as, as our Savior, God says, then, once you've said that, I send my spirit to live in you. And so if you're a Christ follower in here today, God's spirit, all of who God is, lives in you. He said, I give you that as a seal, sealing the deal, signed, sealed, and delivered. And, and, and we... We really like being assured of things, don't we? I mean, I, mean, don't, I mean, you sign contracts or you have people sign contracts because you want to be assured that you know, you're going to do what you say. We, we want people to give down payments so that they've got some skin in the game so they'll do what they say. We like certificates that are signed. We want assurance of things in life. And wouldn't it be great? I mean, have you ever thought about this? That, that if I've received Christ, wouldn't it be great to like get an email or a text from God or something to say, I heard the prayer, gotcha, you're in, we're all good. I mean, what, what, wouldn't that be great? Well, the, the truth is, we have the Spirit of God as that seal. We have the Spirit of God that comes to live within us. And it's an assurance that our relationship with God is right. We have a right standing with God. But it's also the assurance that all the promises that God has made to me will come true. That if God says, for those who have received me, you will spend eternity with me in heaven. The Holy Spirit is that seal that says, yes, that's going to come true. He assures us of all of these things in our life. So, so I asked you a while ago, what, what would change about your life if you knew that God had already given you everything that you need. How would you live differently? How would you live differently at home? How would you live differently at your workplace? How would it change your interactions with people? How would it change the way you view the future? If you really believed, and God's given me everything I need now to accomplish everything that I need to accomplish, how would it change? Here's the, here's the truth. There is nothing that comes at you that is greater than God's spirit in you. There is nothing at all that will ever come at you that is greater than God's spirit in you. See, there's nothing greater than God. God is above all. He's more powerful than all. There's nothing that's greater than God and all of who God is now lives in you as a Christ follower. So there's nothing that can come against you that can overpower the power that God's spirit is given within you. Now, that's a, that's a lot to wrap your head around. And there's probably a number of you that are sitting there going, yeah, that sounds good. I don't think it's true, but it sounds good. But the reality is, there's no crazy week that you'll ever face that can overwhelm or overpower 
the presence of God in your life, God's spirit within you. It's not like, you're, it's not like the, you know, God's spirit or, is going to look at your schedule and go, oh, wow, I didn't see all that. Okay, well, you're on your own this week. I can't help you with that. No, there's never going to be a crazy week in your life that overpowers the power of God's spirit in you. There's never going to be a, 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 a work situation or a work week that overwhelms or overpowers the power of God's spirit in you. And there are demands, there are quotas, there are bosses, there are all kinds of things that are constantly coming at you, constantly putting pressure on you. But none of that can overpower the power of God's spirit in you. There are no conflicts that you face that's going to overpower, overwhelm the power of Christ in you, the God's spirit in you. Those, those conflicts, those things that go unresolved, those things with friends or family that happened so long ago, you, you really struggle to remember exactly what happened, but you know there's a conflict because we don't even talk anymore. And, and all of those things that you go, man, I can never, I won't ever, they'll never. None of those things are so powerful that they can overpower the power of God's spirit in you. There's no amount of, you know, head banging, breaking of hearts, breaking of wills. There's no amount of those things that can overpower the power of Christ, God's spirit in you. There are no financial pressures that you face that can overpower the power of Christ in you. Now you're going, okay, now you just lost me because I'm telling you, I got so many financial pressures. You don't even know. I got debt. I got this. I got that. I get it. I understand, okay? But what Christ says is this. What God's word says is if you trust me, if you live according to the way I've described in my word, if you live financially and make financial decisions, now you can't keep making bad financial decisions, okay? That's, that's the other part of that. But if you make financial decisions based off the, the principles and truths you find in my word and you trust me with that, I'm telling you, I'll give you the ability to stand up and not be overwhelmed by those financial pressures. There are no financial pressures that have the ability to overpower the power of God's spirit in you. There are no failures or fears that have the ability to overwhelm the spirit of God in you. Those things in your past that you have on a loop that keep replaying over and over again. Every time you start to try to do something good, loop hits and you're reminded of these things. That loop is not from God. That loop is from an enemy that we have called Satan. God is not a peddler of guilt. He's not a peddler of shame. And those things don't have the ability to overpower God's spirit in you. The failures of your past, the failures of today, the failures that you'll face down the road, none of those things have the ability to overpower God's spirit in you. Your fears, the fears of what's coming, the fears that you're facing, the fears related to an illness or a diagnosis that is in front of you, or the, the fears of a loved one that, that, that is facing an illness that could be terminal, the fear of death itself, it doesn't mean these things aren't challenging. It doesn't mean these things aren't difficult to walk through. It just means they don't have the final say. That God's spirit living in you is more powerful 
And they don't really get to vote anymore because they've been overpowered. There's nothing that can come at you that is more powerful than God's Spirit that lives in you as a Christ follower. How does that affect your life? How does it change your life? Well, there are some practical things that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit does for us as believers. I'll give you a few. Number one, He strengthens us. God's Holy Spirit strengthens us. Gives us the ability to withstand certain things that are going on in our life. The Apostle Paul, again, he was talking one time in, in 2 Corinthians. That's a letter that he wrote there. It's in the New Testament. And he's talking about this issue that he has in his life. He didn't tell us what it is. We would all love to know because we want to compare his issue with ours. But he didn't tell us what it is. He just says, I've got this problem. I've got this issue that I've gone to God three different times and I begged God, would you please take this away? Three different times. And all three times, God has said the same thing. Here's what he said. We find it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He said that God looked at him and said, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, um, but it would be better if I didn't have to deal with this. I could be more effective. I could do more. Yeah, 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 I understand. But my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, that's not really the answer I'm looking for, God. Um, and you got to think, if the Apostle Paul is getting that kind of answer, you know, it really should be hopeful for us as we're going through issues that, that God really is at work. That God is wanting to work through our lives. And oftentimes, he wants to work through the things that we feel the weakest about. The things that we struggle the most with. The things that we don't ever want to talk about in front of other people. And it may very well be that God is saying, listen, that thing in your life that you feel like is a weakness, that you feel like makes you so vulnerable, if you would allow me, I will use that and my power will be magnified in your life because of that weakness. It could be that God wants to use that very thing in your life to make a huge difference in the lives of others. But God will strengthen you I've gotten to this place where I pray consistently, you know, I can't, but you can. I can't, but you can. I can't overcome this, but you can. I can't accomplish this, but you can. I can't do those things, but you can through me if I just surrender. I can't, but you can. Maybe that's a prayer that would help you. God's Spirit wants to strengthen you. But God's Spirit also counsels us counsels us. It may be that you've got decisions that are facing you in the next day or two, a week or two, and you don't know what to do. I've had people come to me and they've, they've asked me all kinds of things. What they want to know is what would God want them to do? What does God want me to do? Does God want me to sell my house? I've, had, I've been asked that several times. I, I'm like, I, I, I'm not a realtor. I don't know. I don't even know if God's in real estate. I don't know. I, you know, but, but I, can you, here's the thing. I know your, your tendency is to want to ask the professional Christian, okay? Um, but the reality is 
The same spirit of God that lives in me lives in you if you're a Christ follower. And that spirit of God wants to speak to you, wants to counsel you. And you're like, you know, I've got this major decision. If God would just write it in the sky, never thought that that really happened, how freaked out you would be. It's right in the sky. Well, the reality is he, he wrote it in a book, the Bible. And this has all of the wisdom and counsel of God right here. And you know what? Here's what God's spirit will do as you read this. God's spirit counsels you on the things that you're reading and helps you apply it to your life. It's just a matter of opening it up and saying, God, I need you to speak to me. He strengthens us. He counsels us. God's spirit also equips us. In other words, there's nothing that God is ever going to ask you to do that he won't equip you to be able to accomplish. See, you you might be here and you think, you know, I've heard them ask or, or, or make deals about people serving here at the bridge. And I know, man, that would be great. That would be awesome. But I'm not the kind of person that can do that. I mean, I don't know enough. They ask me some question about the Bible. I don't know. I'm not the right person. I don't have that ability. I don't have that. I can't do that. And so we're constantly going, I don't think I can. But if God is prompting you in some way to be involved, he's going to equip you with all that you need to accomplish those things. And besides that, we're never just going to throw you into like a room of kids and say, good luck. We're going to help equip you as well. But, but if God, it, maybe, maybe it's outside of, of the bridge. Maybe there's something else that God is prompting you about. And you're like, I don't think I can. I don't have this. I can't do that. But if God is prompting your heart to be involved in that, he will equip you. God's spirit in you will equip you to do those things. Uh, you heard earlier in the service the announcement about our do-good fair that we're having. And do-good is a ministry that we have here at the church where we go around the globe and we, we work here locally with different partnerships and just trying to do good for people in, in hopes to be able to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. And, and so we have all these partnerships and, and really the do-good fair, and it's located in the cafe. So as you're leaving today, you'll see it on your left in the cafe. It's just to, uh, to show you all the different partnerships and all that we have going. But here, here's what I'd tell you. If, you're, if you've not been involved at all in Do Good, I'd probably tell you not to go by there because what's going to happen is that you're going to go and see some of these things and God's going to prompt your heart to want to be involved. And then you'll have a dilemma, right? Because you're going to be like, I don't think, I can't, I can't do that. I don't, I'd never be able to go on a trip like that. I can't, I can't be involved. I, I don't have, listen, if God's spirit prompts your heart, the best thing you could ever do is say yes. Say yes, I'll do it. I'll be involved. And his spirit will equip you with everything you need to accomplish all that he's asking you to do. He also empowers us, empowers us. Apostle Paul, again, was talking about just this power that we have as Christ followers. And here's the way he described it in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. He said, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, if you're a Christ follower. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that power that raised Christ from the dead, that raised him from the grave, that's a lot of power, okay? He said that same power, that resurrection power lives in you as a Christ follower. That you have that same level of power in your life because of God's spirit living in you. 
He empowers you to be able to handle whatever comes your way. He empowers you to be able to handle all those conflicts at work. That you feel like, man, I don't know, I can't do it. He said, no, 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 you, you have resurrection power within you. He, has, he will give you the power to handle the shattered dreams in your life. That future that you had, that you thought of, that you know will never happen now. And you're not sure how to go on. You're not sure how to pick up the pieces. God's spirit in you gives you the power, resurrection power to get up every day, to take another step, to move forward in God's plan and God's purpose for your life. That you don't have to sit back and say, I can never. Those things that have limited you, those things that you feel like are failures or weaknesses or whatever, and you say, I can never, this has changed, all this is gone. He says, no, 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 no. You have resurrection power in you. You have the ability to do everything that I've called you to do. Just walk in it. Live in it. Believe it. And my spirit in you will give you the power to do those things. And he gives us peace. He gives us peace. You know, in your life, when all hell breaks loose, he gives us the peace to walk through that stuff and not be brought down because of it. Now, it doesn't, it's not a peace that says everything is going to be good. It's not a peace that says, okay, now, you know, two days from now, everything will be back normal and everything will be good. That, 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 that's not what he's talking about. He, it's the kind of peace, and the Apostle Paul talks about this peace that just passes your ability to comprehend, your ability to understand, and everybody else around you. When they're looking at you, and they see all the things that are going on in your life, and they see you living a life that has peace, and they're wondering, how in the world are you doing that? It blows their mind. It blows your mind. It's the level of peace that says, even if nothing changes, God's still on his throne. God's spirit still lives in me. I have a right standing with God. I have a home in heaven someday. And God will help me every single day to live victoriously. To live with meaning and purpose. That's a sense of peace. That's the kind of peace that gives hope to our hearts. When it seems like all hope is gone. And that's what the spirit of God gives to you as a Christ follower. So what would change this week? If you believed with all your heart that God had already given you everything you need in you to accomplish all that he asked you to do, how would it change your life? How would it change your family? How would it change your workplace? How would it change you in the weeks ahead because the spirit is already there and he's already given you all that you need and my prayer would be that we just learn to walk in it let me pray for us okay God thank you so much for just the 
the plan, an unthinkable plan of coming into this world and your willingness to die on our behalf. And Jesus coming in, carrying out the plan, living a life that shows us more about who you are, but then willingly giving his life so that our sin could be removed, our guilt, our stain, our shame could be taken away. And God, thank you so much for sealing that deal and sending your spirit into our life as an assurance of all the things that you've promised that they will in fact come true. I pray that you would help us to live each day with the mindset that you have already given us all that we need to live and to accomplish everything that you've asked us to do. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.